In today's show, we look at Saturday in the NBA, options for us to stream, injury updates, all that, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for also making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a decent chunk of games coming up on Saturday. Seven games on, some interesting stream options, some definite um, situations we need to watch, plus an early game. This is a, what time is it? It's a 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Saturday game between the Bucks and the Heat. So make sure that you get your lineups set early. 1 p.m. Remember, 1 p.m. start on Saturday. Warning, you ready for 1 p.m.? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, Bucks Heat is that first game, 1 p.m. The Bucks are one-point favorites in this game. Um, stunningly, Chris Middleton still not available. The good thing about Chris Middleton's injury is it's not the stupidest injury that's going on at the moment. That goes to Brandon Ingram, um, or the, informa- the injury that we have the least information for and have any no idea when the timeline is. Now, he, we thought there was a chance he could return Thursday. He, he didn't. So we thought maybe Saturday, he won't. And then they have a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back. So I'm going to feel confident about saying he's not going to play in both of those and probably not on Monday. So maybe Tuesday against the Raptors? I don't know. And then they have a long break until Saturday. Real frustrating. Couldn't predict it. Couldn't see this nonsense coming. It's really frustrating when we don't even have a diagnosis on whatever this is and we're multi-weeks into a soreness issue. And soreness seems to be an injury that's plaguing the NBA this season. Ibaka is also out. Duncan Robinson, Omer Yurtseven. They're out as well in Miami. Miami's got a few injury concerns of their own. We've got uh, Tyler Hero, who's been missing some time. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Of course, Tyler Hero wasn't injured when he limped off the court. He said he was totally fine. Nothing to see there at all. Absolutely okay. No problem whatsoever. Um, He's just missed the last two games. So we'll see if he's able to play in this one. And then there's Kyle Lowry. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon who's missed the last two with knee discomfort. Now, he was playing really poorly before those games. I I would still like to hold Kyle Lowry, but I get it. He struggled. He's injured. He's old. He always gets hurt. If you do want to move on, I do get it. It is hard to find a a 32-minute-a-night point guard off the waiver wire who had big chunks of being significantly better than that this season. But the frustration is definitely there. On the Bucks, I want to watch Bobby Portis. His role is always interesting to me because sometimes it's 30 minutes, sometimes it's 21 minutes, and there never seems to be rhyme nor reason behind it. Last game he started with Giannis out, but the game before, 25 and 19. Uh, Giannis is not an injury report, by the way, so he's going to return. So I want to watch Portis' value, who does remain a 12-team league guy, and if this team ever gets healthy, I'm not sure that he will. But I'm not sure they ever will either. I also want to watch Javon Carter, who went through a stretch of just doing absolutely nothing. 
And in the last two games, he was really good. And that's going to make people get sucked in a little bit to adding him. And I don't really think that they should. Grayson Allen hurt his ankle last game and then missed, uh, oh, sorry, on Wednesday, then missed on Thursday. He's off the injury report. Giannis is going to return. The only player they're going to not have is Chris Middleton. So to me, there's no way that Carter is playing big chunks of minutes or producing in high high ways. So I don't think we need to worry about him, but just, just be careful. Just be careful you don't get sucked into the Javon Carter trap. On the Heat, I do want to watch Gabe Vincent because he's playing a ton of minutes. Now, it does help that both Hero and Lowry were out, and if they both play, then Vincent's going to have no appeal to us whatsoever. But he is a very viable stream if we hear that Lowry is out. And if we hear that Hero is out and Lowry is playing, I'm not that interested in Vincent. I'm more interested in Max Struess. And even then, I'm not super interested in him. But Vincent can become an elite streamer if both of those players remain out. Also, with Victor Oladipo, there is going to be a drop-off, I think, for him when Hero, Martin, and Lowry are returned. That is literally three starters. And I know Oladipo is not starting, but he's taking on more minutes and more usage. But he does remain a 12-team league guy. And there's going to be ups and downs with his shooting and with his playing time. But when these players are... Amazingly, we're talking about injuries and we're not talking about Victor Oladipo or even Jimmy Butler at, at the moment. And Victor Oladipo is taking advantage of those absences and you need to have him on a roster. The next game we take a look at is the Memphis Grizzlies and the Indiana Pacers. The um, no spread or total for this one. The Pacers will play on Friday. So we'll get a better idea of the Nembhard-McConnell situation. At this point, both Miles Turner and Aaron Neesmith are both questionable for Friday's game. So their status has got to be up in the air for Saturday. Same with O'Shea Brissett. We know that Halliburton's out. While for Memphis, Brandon Clark remains out. So deeper leagues, you can keep rolling with Xavier T. Ullman, the cashier. I do want to watch Stephen Adams for the Grizzlies, who's been really impressive at times this season. Had some off moments. The free throws are obviously disgusting. But in points leagues, he is a must-roster player. In category leagues, he is too, but it's got to be on the right squad. And we just want to keep watching Adams. I don't think there's any indication that he's ever losing minutes to Brandon Clark this season. But he's been pushing the minutes up recently, around 30 most of the time. When earlier on in the year, it was maybe 25, 26. Now it's like more 28, 30. That's obviously a boon for his fantasy value. So let's watch a little bit of that. And let's also just murder our eyeballs and watch Dylan Brooks. Because I've never seen a more annoying player in my life. I want to see if there's... I already know the answer to 12-team category leagues. Do I want to roster him? <laughs> Absolutely not. No way. This bloke whose usage has dropped and misses every shot and is just horrendous to play. No, no, no. But do I... Do Is there... Now, I'm thinking about Dylan Brooks has made me get all scrambled. Is there a reason to hold him in a 12-team points league? I think there is because he just gets minutes and he will force him his way into shots. And that can bring enough value up in a points league. But maybe not. And I want to get a little bit more data there. Category leagues, I mean, he's dead. Like, see you later. I'm not, not interested at all. But we do want to watch it in, in, in points leagues. Um... Again, on Indiana, we're just watching the point guard replacement situation, what they do with the lineups, and we'll get more data on that for Friday or after Friday's game. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. In 2023, you know that as a small business owner or a hiring manager, success depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. 
It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Celtics and the Hornets. Jalen Brown, going by what Joe Mazzulla said, is going to be out. Kelly Oubre will be out. Gordon Haywood will be out. On the Boston side of things, I want to see Al Horford. Do they start Al Horford and Rob Williams together with, or I guess, I was going to say a healthy team, but they're not a healthy team. So yes, they're going to start them because um, Jalen Brown is out. But Horford's last couple of games were improved. He's actually top 30 minutes for three straight games, and the production's been better. He is very up and down. He is very low scoring. But his shooting has improved. His rebounds and blocks are enough to hold in a lot of 12-team situations. Points leagues, no, I don't, you don't need to worry about that. Head-to-head, it's always annoying dealing with back-to-backs and the fluctuation in form, and I get that. Um, and the upside's probably not particularly high in a head-to-head format. But I still think there is value on the right team in the right situation. Because as I said, I said it with someone else earlier on, Kyle Lowry, like finding a starter playing 30 minutes a night with a history of solid production is not easy to do. And Horford is that player. Derek White should be pretty good, I think, without um, Jalen Brown. Maximum Derek. 37 minutes last game. He's been 30-plus in four consecutive games. He, like Horford, is not going to be a big scorer, but he gets steals. He gets blocks, tons of them. He's a good rebounder or solid enough rebounder. There'll be some assists in there. He's just good enough while Brown is out to maintain 12-team league value, I think. On the Hornets, I do want to watch the Cockroach Mason Plumley because they just keep giving him more and more minutes. He went from 31 to 32 to 33 to 35 minutes in the last four games. So they're not winding him back down. They're finding... Earlier in the season, he'd play like 25, 26 a night. And we go, all right, so okay. Maybe you get 19 out of Big Dick Nick, and that might be enough. Or some nights it's 20 out of Richards. Oh, that's interesting. They're not going to roll iron plumbing. Now it's Clifford's like, nah, nah, 35. Most minutes out of everybody. Someone left a comment... Uh, on one of the YouTube videos when I was talking about Plumlee yesterday, I said, how can you possibly be baffled that Plumlee, who's been really consistent, is getting consistently, is getting all these big minutes um, on this team? I, I get it, right? He is playing at a decently good level, solid enough level, right? Numbers are fine. He's horrendous defensively. Like, he is a bad defender. And when you have a center who's that bad defensively, like that impacts your whole team, the team is going absolutely nowhere. He's a 33-year-old unrestricted free agent that has no future on this team or honestly in the league as a starter. And you have a top 15 draft pick sitting on your bench that you could be trying to develop chemistry with your top three pick from two years ago. And now instead of that, you're not playing your top three pick at all. I'm oh, sorry, your top 15 pick at all. You're instead trying to develop chemistry between Ball and Plumlee. And it's not leading to wins. It's not even really leading to competitiveness. It's leading to ineptitude and sadness. So while Plumlee has been absolutely, totally solid, and if you slotted him on a team, say he went back to Denver and was strictly Nikola Jokic's backup, unbelievable. Oh, that was so, Imagine he went to the Clippers and he could be a guy that was split some minutes with Ivica Zubats as their backup center. Totally reasonable. On a team that's won 12 games and is going nowhere and doesn't have that many young assets for a team as bad as they are, and he's old, and he's unrestricted free agent, and he's bad defensively, he shouldn't be playing the most minutes on the team. Or that sort of level. That is that is my point about Mason Plumley, And I hope that makes sense. And now I want to see what they do back up. Is it back to Big Dick Nick Richards? Because it was last game. Another data point in the Steve Clifford hates playing rookies pile. Because I know people, and I, and I argued with a guy about it on Reddit. who said, no, no, it's, it's just a lie. He does play him. The big test will be next season. Imagine they win the number one pick and get Wemanyama and Clifford still there. Will he play him? 
Will he play Scoot? Or will he leave them? Or he might play them like 23 minutes a night. It, oh, you would never hear the end of it from me. Anyway, we want to see the Richards. Look, I don't, if Richards is the backup, good for him. Deeper league guy. I don't go, oh man, that's a great 12-team stash. I love Richards. What if Plumlee gets traded? I don't, I'm not that interested in Richards in that situation. Yes, there would still be value if he became the starter and Plumlee was gone. But I'm not as interested in stashing him as I was with Mark Williams, who, again, we can uh, we can get rid of Mark, I reckon. Oh, hi, Mark. But we will get it, if, especially if he's out of the rotation here. That would be very key. Hawks-Raptors, this is a back-to-back for Atlanta. Um, Capella, let's just assume that he's out. I don't expect that he's back. Maybe he is. I don't think so. Trey Young's off the injury report, so he should be good to go. While the Raptors actually have a clean injury sheet at the moment. The Raptors, remember, famously have five games next week. So people will be scrambling to look for stream options for them. And I don't think there's going to be any. Their bench is so unpredictable. Their bench is so bad that even five games of some of these players, I'm not sure it does enough. But we do what the guy who's got the ability to do it. There's two of them, really. It's Chris Boucher and Precious Achua. Now, I thought if Boucher could get 19 minutes, we'd love it. The last three games, he's had 10, 15, and 10. Five games at 10 minutes a night does not make a stream option. It's not. Achua, 18 minutes last game, but 14 and 11, the two games before that. And Precious Achua is a horrible permanent fantasy producer. So even if he played 18 minutes a night for five games, that's not even 100 minutes. That's a three-game week of a 30-minute player. So like if you consider, I'm going to drop Kyle Lowry... That's three, and he played three games, three minutes to 30 minutes. Like the five games doesn't make up for it. And then your other options are Coloco or Flynn or Hernan Gomez. And I don't feel confident in any of those guys. But if Boucher pops and plays 20 minutes, then I'm like, oh, maybe. But then I don't have confidence in that role continuing. So I guess I just want to watch Boucher, Achua, minutes distribution, the bench. Is there anything I can gather out of that for five games next week? I also want to watch Gary Trent, who's just being Gary Trent. He's scoring okay. He's doing it inefficiently. He's hitting threes and getting steals. The minutes are up. The production's strong. Does that continue? I'd have to expect that it probably does. And he keeps rolling at this really solid level, which he hadn't been at for most of the season. Cavs and Wolves is the next game. Dean Wade is out. Towns is out. McLaughlin is out. Anthony Edwards and Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince are all on the injury report for Friday. The Wolves play the Friday, Saturday back-to-back. I would find it unlikely that all three of those guys play both games. Now, Anderson's only an illness. Prince sprained his ankle, and Edwards' hip has been bothering him the whole way through. So I'd be surprised if they both played. Now, Edwards has been pushing through stuff, probably to his own detriment. So we'll see what they're able to do or if he's able to play. But there are big question marks there. On the Cavs side of things, I do want to watch, much like with Dylan Brooks, I do want to watch Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Who just, we've got so much evidence to suggest that he's horrible when Garland and Mitchell play. He needs to be the guy. He's one of these players, and I'm trying to think of a good example of it, that... You see the numbers, and you see him put up numbers, and you go, oh, look at that. Look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. But he needs to be in a situation where he is the guy driving everything, and when you're in a situation where he is the guy driving everything, your team is bad. So theoretically, when he gets the ball, like the fantasy numbers are great, but you know there's no sustainability in that because it leads to a terrible team. I'm trying. There's someone else in the league that's really like that, and I can't can't really think about who that is. Um, Anyway, that, that doesn't matter. But that's part of the problem with Levert is that when these other guys are out there, he doesn't have the ball, so therefore he does nothing. And then when he gets the ball, he can't shoot and he can't make up for it with volume. He is not a 12-team league player. He might be a stream guy and he might be a solid points guy. That's it. Ravishing Rick Rubio. 
Um, first game back, really good. Great to see him back. Played 10 minutes. Looked okay out there. I still honestly just don't see a pathway for him getting to 25 minutes, 26 minutes a night regularly and being a 12-team league guy. Look, best case, maybe he gets to be the 150th best player. Best case. But is it worth stashing and dealing with 10-minute games? I, I don't think so. But we'll get another data point here. What do his minute, How quickly do his minutes rise? How does he look in those minutes? How do they run him and Levert in that second unit? Because again, that's a detriment to Levert if Rubio is handling the ball the whole time. That's something to watch. For the Wolves, we do want to see what happens with Edwards because that could open up stuff for Jalen Noel. It could open up stuff for Austin Rivers, but that's yeah, pretty desperation stuff when you're or if you are relying upon uh, old mate Austin Rivers. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there. Pro football, the playoffs they're here, the NBA, college basketball, it's all there at BetOnline.net. And we're doing our daily check to see have the Dolphins drifted further to become bigger underdogs against the Bills and their 13.5 point favorites, which I think is what they were Yesterday, so two touchdowns. Can we keep it within two touchdowns? Can, can the GOAT, Skylar Thompson, keep it within two touchdowns? We'll find out. All of the odds for week one of the NFL playoffs are over there at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The next game, the Sixers and the Jazz. The Sixers are... Four-point favorites in this one. This is a back-to-back for Utah. We know that Kelly Olynyk is going to be out. We're going to get Colin Sexton return. Does he play the back-to-back? Don't know. After coming off that second hamstring issue, I'd say there'd be a little bit of doubt about him playing it. For the Sixers, they are healthy. Tobias Harris suffered a knee injury last game, but he returned to action. There's no report that he's going to miss, so they're healthy. So what we want to watch is D'Anthony Melton, who the minutes 18 and 23 of the last two games as he moved to the bench is obviously not good enough. Right? It's obviously not good enough. In a 10-team league, in a 12-team points league, I don't think you need to hold Melton. I don't think his value is good enough in those formats to hold through it. In a 12-team category league, I'd like to hold it a little bit, especially if I'm in a strong position. But as always, if he is your worst player comfortably, then he is a drop. Now, he might be your worst player, and your second worst player might be a streaming Gabe Vincent. In that case, Melton's not your worst player. Vincent is. But if he's legitimately your worst player, and in two weeks' time, if things stay the same, you look at that roster and say, yes, he's still my worst player, then that makes it harder to hold. But remember, it takes an injury to one person for him to get back to 28 minutes and to become a top 100 guy. That's all it takes. One out of five players to get hurt. So I would like to hold him, but we get another data point here. I also want to see the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um... I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Where do his minutes go? Well, not his minutes. Where does his usage go now that everyone's healthy? I maintain it's going to remain low, under 20%. And is he going to have to rely upon high steal rate to keep value up? I don't trust that either. So we're watching his role. We're watching his production. We're watching his shooting, which has been really high this season as well. Mavs Blazers is the next one. Last game of the day. The Blazers are one-point favorites here. Finney Smith is out. Kleber is out. Winslow is out. Little is out. Now... We don't know about the crucifix, Christian Wood. He sprained his ankle right at the end of double overtime against the Lakers and had to get pulled out of the game. One thing I want to watch with him, uh, actually, Josh Green's the other one who might return. We don't know about that. But with Wood, what what I want to see is the minutes. They're really interesting. Let's go through his last eight games. 21 minutes, 29 minutes, 29 minutes, 
29 minutes, 24 minutes. Oh, that's pretty shitty. 39, 25, and then what, 46 yesterday. Okay, so what is he? A mid-30s guy? A sub-30s guy? A guy that revolves between the two? I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, I saw that five-game run. I went, all right. So maybe he is only a 30-minute guy despite starting. And then they just said, no, we're going to ramp it absolutely full tilt. Big minutes every night. 36 minutes a night of Christian Wood is great. 29 is okay. I also want to watch the blocks, which are insane. Now, yesterday, I think he did have three blocks in overtime out of his five blocks. So it would have been still a good game, but it wouldn't have been five blocks worth. And he got that in the extra frame. So there's a lot of interesting stuff happening with him. I also, if he's out, like Dwight Powell, is he going to be worth it? Do they go back to McGee? Powell has obviously not got the upside of Wood and he becomes like a steals and field goal percentage and rebounds player, but maybe there is some use in that. For the Blazers, I want to watch Anthony Simons because, I don't know, he seems a bit lost. He just can't really get anything going. Even though he shot well last game, the usage was below 20%. He played just 32 minutes in that last game. Yes, he played 40 plus in three consecutive games. But I don't know. There's just something that's not quite fitting there with him. I also watched Josh the Hitman Hart because last game was bad for him too. And there are some calls with Blazers people to maybe try other people in the lineup. Maybe Gary Payton. Maybe Gary Payton over Anthony Simons, I've heard as well. So how Hart and Simons respond to this will be very intriguing. I don't think they're losing roles or losing minutes, but we want to watch it. Over the weekend on the back-to-back, you've got um, three teams. Dallas, Utah, Portland with that back-to-back. So Tim Hardaway, great stream. Walker Kessler, why is he available anywhere? He's still available in over 40% of leagues. His face is planted on the thumbnail here, and it took me this long to talk about him. I didn't even talk about him in the jazz um, section because that was a back-to-back, but this is like obvious stuff, and I'm going to bang on about it here. Walker Kessler is a must-roster player. I don't understand what the, the hold-up is. He started over Vanderbilt and played 30 minutes last game. I don't know that that continues, but you cannot let it sit and, and think about it. You can't. Well, obviously, maybe you can because 40% of leagues are just like, I don't care. You have to add Walker Kessler. This is as obvious to me as it gets. Drew Eubanks, an interesting back-to-back streamer. Maybe you get three blocks out of two games. Uh, Reggie Bullock, Jesus Christ. Mate, you get 70 minutes, you might get five points combined. He's a very low-volume player. But you get some threes, you get some steals maybe. But it's just the volume of minutes that maybe give him some appeal there. And then there's Dwight Powell. If Christian Wood is out, there might be something for him. If we're looking just at Saturday's numbers, um, we're going to focus on the Pacers, guys. McConnell and Nempard. We'll get a better idea after Friday, but they both are guys to grab already. Um, Kevin Love could have some stream value there. Grayson Allen. I hate recommending Grayson Allen because he just never seems to do anything spectacular, but it's just like 11 points, two threes. 12 points, three threes. Nine points, two threes. 11 points, three threes, three assists, one steal. And it just always seems, it's always not a 12-team must roster, but he's like the 165th best player, which makes him an interesting stream guy. And the Bucks have a good schedule coming up, three games in four nights. Dennis Smith Jr. is a good streamer. Good steals, good blocks, good assists. Pat Connaughton with Middleton out, his minutes should push up. Now he'll probably be bad, but his minutes push up enough to give him stream value. Grant Williams with the absence of Jalen Brown. I don't think he'll play the 40 minutes that he's played the last two games, but 27, 28. And then I do reluctantly have Karis LeVert on that list if you can deal with the nonsense that is his percentages. For deeper leagues, we've got the two Bucks guys there, Allen and Connaughton. Jingle and Joe Ingles in the mix as well. Um, Javon Carter, just a lot of Bucks players there with Middleton out. Johnny Conchar, Reggie Bullock, uh, Drew Eubanks, and Cody Martin as some deeper league stream options. In points leagues, these guys are all available in 40% plus of leagues. Walker Kessler, Jalen McDaniels, Malik Beasley, 
Timothy John McConnell, Tim Hardaway, Victor Oladipo, Andrew Nempard. Now, I would say that those top seven names on there are all must-roster players. You shouldn't have any of them on your waiver wire, yet they are all available in lots of spots. Kevin loves a stream for points leagues. He is not a must-roster player, but those other seven absolutely are, I think. I don't think you can leave them on the wire. The next four days are all low-volume days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So who gets the boost in this situation? Well, the first five names here are guys that you roster and you start regardless. It's Kessler with two games. Kyle Anderson has two games with an asterisk. We don't know if he's going to play with the illness. Hopefully he's fine. Um, Jalen McDaniels with Oubre and Haywood out. Quentin Grimes has got two games in the next four nights. He's a must-roster player, I think. And Dan Gafford's only got one game, and he is still with a questionable tag, but I do believe that he needs to be on your roster. The next three guys are players who've got a little bit more value because of schedule. I probably should move Royce O'Neal up there. He's only got two games in the next four nights. He's probably a add and start regardless. But then you've got Allen and Connaughton, Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton, three games in the next four nights for the Bucks. The absence of Middleton, there is a little bit of value. If you're trying to maximize games played for waiver ads, those two guys could become options for you. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.